Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, a fairly quiet day in free agency on Wednesday, at least compared to Monday and Tuesday, but we did get some quarterback news for the Chargers, some quarterback news for the Jaguars and the Bears. Oh, we get to talk about Gardner Minshew today. So, Heath, you must be in a great mood. Fantastic mood. I'm happy we're going to unleash the full Minshew for a full season in 2020. And I can't wait until fantasy managers get to benefit from the results. What about when they signed Jameis Winston this week? I was a little bit afraid when I was putting together the history of Jay Gruden quarterbacks and remembered that the year that Andy Dalton finished as the number three quarterback in fantasy was when Gruden was uh, his offensive coordinator. I was a little afraid they traded Nick Foles away, and they're going to turn around and send that fourth-round pick for Andy Dalton. They might. They might. Well, it got upgrade over Minshew. Actually, Minshew, you look at his 12 starts, you give him 16 games of that, more yards than Kyler Murray, more passing touchdowns than Kyler Murray, fewer interceptions than Kyler Murray. So pretty damn good year for Gardner Minshew. You heard from Jamie. You heard from Heath. Dave is here as well. What's up, Dave? Good day to you, sir. Good day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. you sound very good. I know Heath is actually a little crabby. Maybe the whole situation is getting to everybody. Um, but I, I think you're. I think I know why you're crabby, Heath. You and I share a, a, a crabbiness, right? Like, what's the deal? We're going to be home for the next, guys like... Have... Never mind. What, okay. <laughs> No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> we're gonna, we're all gonna be home. Ignoring that, we're all gonna be home for the next six months or whatever. Why can't they just move the release date of Ozark season three up? We really have to wait. Like we have nothing to do. Let's bring it up, Heath. Like release the freaking series already. Yeah, I'm. It's kind of nice to have something to look forward to. All right, that's a good. You know what? I like that. Good outlook. Good outlook. Well, I'm not looking forward to uh, what Tyrod Taylor is going to do to the Chargers passing game. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, Jacksonville and Chicago. Maybe a little Todd Gurley, the trade rumors there. The Eagles signed Darius Slay or traded for Darius Slay. And the Giants signed James Bradbury. So, hey, Amari Cooper's got some tougher matchups in the division this year. We'll also talk about the biggest rankings movers up and down for Jamie, Dave, and Heath. And great questions on Facebook uh, about players that we haven't talked about, about topics that we haven't brought up regarding free agency. I'm going to read some of those. Uh, Jamie, what's your reaction to, I guess, conflicting reports about the Chargers? Ian Rappaport saying they are not expected to sign or trade for a veteran quarterback. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk saying they were debating pursuing Cam Newton. But anyway, your read on that situation. I would imagine when Cam is cut and if they could convince him to sign something cheap, they may explore it. But they're spending money uh, on a lot of different players on both sides of the ball as if they're going very cheap at the quarterback position, meaning a rookie in Tyrod Taylor. So if you go that route, it's going to be a little bit frustrating to look at the Chargers now until we know who their quarterback of the future is because it's probably going to be a similar situation for Tyrod like when he was in Cleveland and they drafted Baker Mayfield. They are almost certainly going to come out of the, 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 their first-round pick, whether they move up, whether they stay at the same spot, uh, with one of Tua, Love, or Herbert. Uh, I, I believe everything you're hearing is, is kind of they're, they're in the Herbert camp. 
So if that's the guy, then it's does Tyrod even start a game? You know, so it's uh, it's going to be fun for someone like Heath who does projections, and obviously for us that when we rank these guys before the NFL draft to know how to view sort of fully Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. So what are you doing right now in terms of your rankings, guys? Like, are you just are you ranking them as if it's Tyrod Taylor at the moment for the season? I I think that it's like there's a chance. Very small chance, I guess, that whatever rookie they draft turns out to have like a Baker Mayfield type rookie year. But more likely than not, a rookie that they draft is not going to be as good as Philip Rivers was last year and is probably not too different than Tyrod Taylor in terms of efficiency. So I'm ranking it right, projecting it as if Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback. There would be some changes if they got someone that wasn't very mobile, because right now, the one of the things with Taylor is. Some of their designed pass attempts are going to turn into rush attempts with a mobile quarterback like Taylor. And that may not be true depending on the quarterback that they draft. But right now I'm projecting with Taylor. And, you know, you look at what he did in Buffalo in terms of distribution of the football. It wasn't that much different than what the Chargers did last year. They were in the bottom half of the league in terms of what percentage of their targets went to wide receivers. Taylor, in his three years in Buffalo, actually threw to wide receivers more than Rivers did in 2019. The major difference was he didn't throw to running backs quite as much as Rivers did last year because no one threw to running backs as much as Rivers did last year. Well, Hold on, follow-up, though. You said Taylor threw to wide receivers more than Rivers did last year. Is that a, a total percent? Okay. Right, percentage. Obviously, Rivers is going to throw more passes than Tyrod that's Taylor. A, that's true for sure. I, I, it's interesting though. Like, if their offensive philosophy is to be sixty forty pass, we think that they're just going to change that to like forty five fifty five, like Buffalo was because of Tyrod Taylor. If that was the case, I would assume they'd be going after one of these veteran quarterbacks. I think that Tyrod Taylor if he plays 16 games, is going to set a career high for pass attempts this year. There, I'm just, the only way he's playing 16 games is if it's Tua. And Tua has to rehab, but it doesn't and even Tua look has, like... And Tua doesn't play. Yeah, but it, And they're not going to trade up for Tua if that's going to be the case. Oh, they but might. They, 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 they might not have to. Why not? No, if you know that Tua is not going to be ready to start the season, why would you give up so much for him when he's because already you think, damaged you, you think that he is the face then you of wait the for Los Angeles franchise... Yeah. And you know you can get him, you go get him. Okay, so the face of the Los Angeles franchise is already not at 100% and no guarantee he'll be the face five years down the line? Well, no, you're, you're saying you're saying 100% like he's never going to play or 100% like he's 100% he he'll ready. never be. He's got to be ready to go he, if they're going to trade up to number three. No, you don't. I don't know about that. Why? Why? I mean, I think so. When's the last time somebody traded up for any player who wasn't 100% in the top five? Um, When's the last time any player that was dealing with an injury that was top five caliber. I, I think if he's not 100%. I don't think he's top five he, caliber. He's not 100%. He may just not go in the I mean, top he's five. passed all the medicals, That's though. So the everything, thing. everything you're hearing is he's ready to go. Right. I mean, so, he may not play let, well, let's look, look at Jalen Smith. quarterbacks all the time. Right, look at Jalen Smith. Yeah. What did the Cowboys do? They took him in the second round, I think. And he was going to be... He was potentially a top five, top ten pick, uh, if not for the injury. But he doesn't play quarterback. But I think... You look at, like, okay, the Cowboys obviously had to wait it out a little bit, and now they've got a really good player. Tua obviously could be a much more impactful player than that, so I don't have a problem. Like Personally, I wouldn't have a problem saying, all right, we drafted this quarterback. He needs time to recover. We don't expect much from him this year. Let's just let's just let him go, and we'll go with him in year two. You know, let, let's just let, let him sit year one, and year two he's fine. As long as, as long as your medicals are saying that he's going to be 100%, you know, 
by 2021 or at some point late in 2020. I don't I don't think that's a problem. If that's not if you're gonna if if he falls into your lap in the draft. Well, fall, but I don't th- and, and I don't know if they're gonna be able to to confidently say we're gonna get to a Tago Vailoa when they've got the Dolphins picking ahead of them in round one. This no, is, they have to move, it's, it's, it's they're move up. They're moving up to two or three. It's a three for sure. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about the Chargers fantasy 2020, Dave. And what do you think right now about Keenan? Now, I mean, one thing about Tyrod Taylor, if he is the quarterback, it's really hard to see all these guys doing well. I mean, maybe Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has has been a very good fantasy receiver three years in a row, and he's caught six touchdowns in each of those three seasons. So at least you're not looking at like, oh, he was so reliant on touchdowns. Um, But, you know, you figure the yards could come down. He's not going to have 100 catches, I wouldn't think. But I just... How could Mike Williams also be good? How could Hunter Henry also be good? This is obviously a downgrade in, in terms of total passing production. 100%. You, you have to feel like you're drafting them at a discount compared to years past. All three of them. I, I am good with Henry being what he was last year. Um, Taylor actually targeted tight ends more than the Chargers did last year when he was in Buffalo. I don't think like he may not target Henry more than Henry was targeted last year, but I don't think Henry's targets will probably decrease. I'm really pretty okay with Eckler. I think you can just view Keenan Allen as a number two wide receiver. Yeah. And then but he's where so were good. We, where were we drafting Keenan Allen last year? You remember? Borderline top twelve? Yeah. I and I, I think, think he's it's, probably mid teens now. Uh, and, I see I'm gonna let you take him. And I'm, I'm out on Mike Williams. I, I I don't mind taking Mike Williams as long as it comes at a Really nice. Which is what part of the draft? Which is what? It's going to be somewhere around late round seven, round eight, and I'm thinking that someone else will take him before then. And I and I, Eckler obviously is an exception because it looks like he's going to be the the top running back there. But so, Keenan Allen, I'm I'm going to let somebody take Keenan Allen in round two. <laughs> There's nobody taking Keenan Allen in round two. When I said teens, I meant teens amongst wide receivers. Oh, I clarify. thought you might. Yes. Like, I've got him as a as a mid to late round three pick right now, and I think I'm okay with that for Keenan Allen. I would take Eckler ahead of Keenan Allen. Uh, you know, it's funny. Oh, I was just looking at the... Uh, I, 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 yeah. I was looking at the um, draft we did last week, the pre-free agency. This group of wide receivers all affected. Uh, DJ Chark. This is round six. Three receiver league PPR. DJ Chark, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, and then John Brown, first pick of round seven. So two big losers there. One big winner, probably. DJ Chark, uh, unaffected, I guess. T.Y. Hilton, big winner. Mike Williams, John Brown, big loser. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yes. um, I'd go Hilton, Chark, Gap, John Brown, Gap, Mike Williams. And then where's Keenan Allen? I think I asked this maybe yesterday, but Keenan Allen or T.Y. Hilton? But let's do it again. Keenan Allen or T.Y. Hilton? I have Allen ahead of Hilton. I still have Allen ahead of Hilton. What'd you say, Jamie? Yeah, still Allen for me. Is it a big gap? No. No. Yeah. It's bigger in PPR than it is non-PPR. Right. And Keenan Allen went ahead of Adam Thielen in the draft we did last week. That will not happen. Nope. Will not happen. Keenan Allen went... Did he go behind Stefan Diggs? Where did Stefan Diggs go? Diggs went... Oh, no. Diggs, Diggs went with first Diggs pick of round one. five. So, uh, oh, that was interesting. All right, so um, Hunter Henry... Is, does anybody share uh, Heath's sentiment? Hunter Henry, we're kind of good with him. Same same sort of outlook? Yep. Okay. 
Cool. And then what what about Eckler? You know, we still think he's going to catch all those passes. Tyrod Taylor, Heath, you've brought it up. He'd throw the ball a lot to uh, to LeSean McCoy. However, he is a mobile quarterback, and they don't throw to running backs as much as the Philip Rivers of the world. Yeah, as of right now, my expectation is that the target share for running backs go down, but Eckler's share of the total running backs targets goes up just enough to almost cover that. Maybe he gets five or ten fewer targets than he did last year. He's going to get more carries total than he did last year. He's still a borderline first-round pick for me in PPR. And finally, any reason to draft Tyrod Taylor, who puts up some pretty big rushing totals, and actually in like two of his three seasons as Buffalo starter, he on a per-game basis, he was like top 15, right around top 12, I think, actually, uh, according to CBS. Any reason to draft Tyrod Taylor, Dave? In a 2QB league, he can be a starter to begin your year. And you see what happens. That, but so not a one QB look, league. What? Not a one QB no, league. No, no, no. Okay. okay. Not, not right now, but again, there depends on what they do in the draft. So let's uh, get into the rest of it here. Just a few things to plug. The Fantasy Football Today newsletter. All right, you want to stay up to date with everything going on during the offseason and all of our awesome content? Go to cbssports.com slash newsletter. Stay up to date with fantasy football content sent straight to your inbox all offseason long. That's free agency news, rankings, editorial pieces, prospect profiles, and more. CBSSports.com slash newsletter. Uh, we've, we're going to have a regulators episode next week. Send in your questions via Apple Podcast Review, or you can email them to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. But an Apple Podcast Review would be great with a regulators question. And we're going to, you know, I want to start doing some phone call Fridays or something like that and get you all on the show a little bit more. If you want to call in, we'll start doing that during the off season. Uh, we, you know, we got, uh, we got some time to kill. So going to be some great content coming up. The Bears acquired Nick Foles from the Jaguars for a fourth round pick. Jamie, who is going to be the starting quarterback for the Bears? Uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> is that good or bad for Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller? I mean, Allen Robinson's played with such crappy quarterbacks in his career. It doesn't really matter. Um, I, I'd still view him the same way. Miller the same way. Uh, you know, Bears fans have to be thrilled. You go get Jimmy Graham and Nick Foles, and that just solves all your problems. Um, it, it's, uh, it's just a bad a team. Mess. It's a really bad team. Who's... Okay, is there a big fantasy swing from this deal, whether it's on Jacksonville, whether it's on the Bears? Uh, maybe it's David Montgomery, and just maybe that's a bad outlook for him. I don't know, but is there a big swing? Uh, I mean, it's a swing for Minshew, yeah, if he's a starter without significant competition. So if I could guarantee you, Heath, 16 games of Minshew and 16 games of Tyrod Taylor, who are you taking? Oh, Minshew. 16 games of Gardner Minshew, 16 games of... Kyler Murray, who are you taking? Kyler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a joke. But where are we ranking Gardner Minshew? I have him 14th, I think. Him and He and Daniel Jones are right in that uh, borderline QB1 range. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic. Uh, I've got him 20th, and I've got Jones ahead of him. I've got Rivers ahead of him, too. Yeah, he's inside my top 20. I think he's, uh, you know, if you're inclined to take a second quarterback, if he's if he's still the starter in Jacksonville, they're, they're going to be chasing points so much that, um, you know, he, he could he could compile some good numbers. He, he, he was good at times last year. He was awful at others. And, you know, hopefully the fact that he he can go into the season, assuming again that he is the guy, knowing that he's the starter, 
Um, I'm sure that'll be big for his confidence. Uh, what what I posted yesterday, Adam, on, on Twitter, I believe the last four quarterbacks that Jay Gruden has had that played 16 games were top 10 quarterbacks. Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins three times. Interesting. And uh, just to go back to Foles, he's not that bad. <laughs> he's so in- inconsistent. He's had some really good moments and some really bad moments, but you just look at what he did with the Eagles, what he did in limited time with the Jaguars. It's not like it's not like Alshon Jeffrey struggled. It's not like DJ Chark struggled. You know, I he can get the ball to Allen Robinson. I mean, I mean, really, like the way, and it's recency bias, and you're going to get really mad at me for saying oh, this. All right, here we, I love it. Here we go. Um, but the way that the, the amount of great play we've seen from Nick Foles is not that much different than the amount of great play we've seen from Ryan Tannehill. Why am I going to get mad at you for that? Because. Brian Tannehill is making $30 million a year and Nick huh. Foles just got traded for a fourth round pick and everybody's making fun of the Bears for giving up a fourth round pick for him. Yeah, but at this point last year it was, wow, Nick Foles got a really big deal for being Nick Foles. It should, um, terrify, it should terrify Titans fans, I guess. Absolutely. Sell the Titans. <laughs> I, I, the Titans are... I, no, sell. I think the problem with Foles is from... Uh, and and Dave, I know you're not a... You know, don't follow the Bears to the same level that you used to, but you could speak to this more than, than either of us, any of us can, is that... You had, for whatever it's worth, Nick Foles is probably from a health standpoint better. You had Cam Newton out there. You had Jameis Winston out there. You had guys, Andy Dalton, who knows Bill Lazor and, and you know, for what for whatever that is. Um, it just feels as if, like, they settled for Nick Foles as opposed to maybe trying to upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. And so it's just it just doesn't feel inspiring is, is, is the way I approach it. No, and I think that their hands were tied. And... They just they, they didn't want to. You, you don't think the Panthers would have taken a fourth round pick for Cam Newton right now? Of course they would have, but they right. didn't. So. They didn't want to deal with Cam's. Uh, well, I can't even say the salary because Foles is getting paid a pretty penny. I Foles think, is getting paid paid more. The the problem with Cam and trading for Cam is that you have to give a physical to him right now, and that's exactly to do. you don't know but, what you're going to get. Out. We're but, seeing that with Tom Brady right now. Uh, the other part of it is is that. This is Ryan Pace's job on the line right now. This is, uh, you know, I don't think Matt Nagy is as in trouble if this fails, but he's probably in oh, trouble. He is. Yeah. Um, in that, if you bring in somebody who's got a better track record than Trubisky, it's a clear sign that Trubisky is out the door. If you bring in Nick Foles, who's been a backup, who had time as a backup even after signing this deal last year, he's okay taking that role. I'm sure that conversation was had as opposed to they bring in somebody else that has the resume and Trubisky all of a sudden is now under pressure. He's not as under pressure right now with Nick Foles on the roster. Uh, it's pressure nonetheless, though. Oh, uh, totally, but it's, it's not the same as... It, the Bears. It's not the same as if you're bringing in a 5,000-yard passer and Jameis, whatever his flaws may no, be. No, I, I not, think if they had got Brady, that would have obviously been end of the line and i think winston no but anybody i mean cam is a league mvp so that's the the you're not bringing cam in to be a backup you're not bringing Jameis in to be a backup because you gotta pay him and then you gotta uh you know brady obviously is different category altogether um rivers would have been a different category altogether you know this speaks to it's trubisky's job to win if he loses it we're comfortable with the second guy i don't know how how much you guys care about this in fantasy but there seem there seems to me, and time will tell what free agency brings, right? But there just seems to be such a hierarchy in terms of franchises and the ones that are run well and the ones that are run poorly. And 
It just seems like these teams are, are compounding mistakes. The Bears seem like a very poorly run franchise, and the fact that they just released Leonard Floyd and traded for a quarterback after drafting Trubisky and Floyd so high, I mean, it just shows you their evaluations haven't been very good. I think the Jaguars are a really horrible <laughs> franchise. <laughs> How about taking Trubisky when you could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes? Of course, Mahomes? yeah. No, it's everything. I, I that's, think, that's, that tells you everything you need to know about their evaluation. Yeah, I think the Jaguars are a horribly run franchise. I think the Chargers are really going that route. I just don't like anything that they, they've been doing. They've made some great moves this offseason. They've, they keep going old, though. I mean, when you sign old players who might be over the hill, that's a real risk. Okay, Linval Joseph, Chris Harris, and Brian Bulaga, if they get them in their prime, that's great, but that doesn't always work. But that's work. what free agency is, though. No, you don't you, get guys in their prime You do sometimes. I mean, I mean, sometimes you do. No, the, pa- the Packers last year are a good example. They signed two guys that are in their prime, and they were great. Darius Smith and Preston Smith. Yeah. I think the, Dol- the Dolphins have made some smart signings this offseason. You know, it seems like they're going about it the right way. I do think the Chargers have made some good moves with the understanding of you're going to have, hopefully, a good young quarterback. And that's the hope, is that if the rookie comes in yes. and can play well, not necessarily this year, but next year, you, I mean, Chris Harris gives them the best secondary in football. It's not close. Especially with that pass rush. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really good it's, secondary. It's, it's, no, it's a great defense. I moved their defense into the top 10 for my DSTs this year, and they play in the same division as the Chiefs. So that's saying something. They held Mahomes to under 200 yards both times, right? I think so. I, I I know that Mahomes didn't have like monster games against them. Maybe one of them he had a lot of touchdowns. I'd have to go back and check. But I I do think that everything sets up for the Chargers to be competitive this year, except at quarterback. Right. And right. It, it that's the one thing, about, and that's what I think you're trying to say, Adam, is that they're just doing that. They if they had just held on to Philip Rivers for one more year, we'd be talking about the Chargers as a potential apple cart turner to yeah, see no I, I maybe but i mean rivers looked bad last year the, the one thing is is that you'd like to see him with you know the op- upgrades of the offensive line that they made i think the the, the I'm, I'm looking at now they held mahomes to the, the mahomes scored 28 fantasy points against them combined in two games 16 and 12 he was under 185 passing yards in both of those games against them one was the one where he got hurt though so yeah, man. Look, maybe I I, I would like to see. I I hope that Melvin Gordon's on their team, or I hope they go draft a running back. Cause, uh, you know, I'd like to see them be able to run the ball really well if they're gonna go with Tyrod Taylor. And they have Austin Eckler. They have. Uh, yeah, I guess he runs I'm just, the ball really well. They, they'll they'll I'm add not, another running back, but it'll be a complimentary guy, not a starter. He doesn't run the ball Eckler, that well. Eckler's the starter. That's the thing. He's not. He's he's not no, a great. That's rusher. not. That's just not. I don't think that's true. Like the measurements in terms of his efficiency, whether you want to use yards per carry or you want to use like elusiveness or you want to like, he does run the ball. Well, he's very good. He, you missed this yesterday and Dave, you can chime in as well, but Adam thinks you have to be tall to be a number one (laughs) wide receiver in the NFL. I know I was here for that. I, yeah, for sure. That's right. You were here for that. Okay. He does run the ball Um, well, but he's not, he's not a bell cow. Right, so obviously they need another. He's, guy. he's just he's not big in your mind, and that's the problem. Well, he's just not a bell cow. They're not going to turn him loose. Obviously, you want Brandon Jacobs on every. Team. He's good. I would, no, I, I want Melvin love, Gordon on every team. Like I, the thing is, I would love to see Adam standing next to Austin Eckler talking about Austin Eckler's size. He's you only an inch taller than Sanders. They're about the same size. Right? Yeah. Come on, like man. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Austin Eckler's five ten, two hundred pounds, according to this. And I'm five nine. Which means he's probably he's probably one, five eight, and, that, and they're, they're about the same height. Yeah, That's I'm like I'm one ninety five, Heath. So you know, well, it's very close. Uh, okay, Sanders is five eleven, two eleven. You you fist bumped Miles Sanders I did. and sat next to him. 
Super Bowl week. Was was he big enough to play running back in the NFL? He was. And he said that the fist okay. bump actually hurt his hand. He's not saying play running back. He's saying be a num- number, yeah, quote unquote, number he's one. He's not guy. a number one running back. He's, he's starting, starting running back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in terms of the same ball carriers, in terms of carrying the ball, size-wise can do it. He's not a bell cap. All right, whatever. I, I think we're getting off track a little bit. I apologize for that. Uh, more news: The Eagles did acquire Darius Slay. I would say, you know, this is not a great offseason for Amari Cooper because the Giants brought <laughs> what? in. What? Well, hold on, this for his bank account. He just got a hundred million. Oh, 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 financially, it's a great offseason. Um, but like, I would hate. To, I would love to have an offseason like that. Man, that'd be so miserable. Uh, what I'm saying is the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins didn't have great secondaries last year. While well, the Giants got one of the better cornerbacks on the free agent market, the Eagles traded for Darius Slay. In fact, Amari Cooper against the Lions last year, three catches for 38 yards on eight targets. But as I've mentioned, he faced almost all of the best corners in football last year. He faced the Patriots. He faced the Bills. He faced Jalen Ramsey. faced Darius Slay. So I don't know that it's going to get that much worse. Austin Eckler doesn't run the ball very well, he and Amari d- Cooper's had a rough offseason. Austin Eckler <laughs> is not a bell cow. Is what I meant to say. Takes. No, hey, listen, that's legit, man. You put uh, two, you put two cornerbacks in the NFC East that have a history of doing very well against great wide receivers. I think that's, that's I think that's relevant. Yeah, but it's I don't know if it's enough <laughs> to make you scared to take Amari Cooper at the right point. Anyway, he's, he's going to do the, the same draft. thing he always does. He's going to have an eight week stretch where he's the receiver in football and he's going to have six games where he scores five points. Did you say eight or three? What's next, Adam? He said, no, I'll tell you what's next is Heath needs to, Heath needs to um, explain how Amari Cooper is the same wide receiver he's been his entire career. Yet Derek Carr is a, is a obviously bad quarterback because those two points don't make any sense. Right. Because obviously Amari Cooper is better now than he was when he was with Derek Carr because he's with a good quarterback. That's a huge I difference. Think, I think he when he's when he's at his best, he's good enough to overcome quarterback plays. What he's shown us. Todd Gurley could be traded or released, and any team that acquires him would have to pay him at least twenty two million over the next two seasons before being able to release him. That's Todd Gurley. Uh, your quick thoughts on the Tom Brady wants to play with Antonio Brown scuttlebutt. Scuttle. Well, apparently That's a scuttlebutt. No. Right now. Um, the uh, the word uh, on that. I the word is scuttlebutt now. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Um. Let's let's get past the Tom Brady and Tampa Bay are trying to figure out how he's going to take a physical before we worry about whether they're going <laughs> right. to sign Antonio Brown or not. We already did but an emergency they do, podcast. It obviously impacts everything in that offense. Yeah, I'm just saying, like we've reacted so much to it. If they don't sign him. Uh, Tom Brady, that is. If they don't sign Tom Brady, we'd be very upset. I'm not doing. I, I think it's pod. like almost certain there's going to be one major signing or trade that like falls through. Oh, at least one. I mean, how many days away are we until these guys can get their physicals? And I, nope, I can guess one potentially. David Johnson fails a physical. And oh Bill yeah, O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, right. Todd Gurley. <laughs> I, yes. thought, I thought they'd, they'd fail the physical on David Johnson just so they get Hopkins back and then they say alright you're right we're wrong here's all this money but that, that would be and that that, uh, that that Texan story is wild that Michael Irvin talked about yeah I don't know what to make of it I I don't think he was comparing him to Aaron Hernandez no 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 he was just you know saying he has to talk to a player yes like have a conversation with Flair. Well, the there is some uh, there is some word coming out of Houston that maybe Hopkins' knee is not as good as 
potentially um, uh, consider or could considerably have could consider he could potentially have a knee problem. Is what I'm trying to say. I'll spit that out eventually. Um, I do want to say one thing. I heard this yesterday, which I thought was interesting. I think Brady Quinn brought it up. That uh, remember last year this time we were killing the Steelers for what they got in return for Antonio Brown and how that yes. turned out. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And if it wasn't Bill O'Brien, I would say it's potentially could have the same impact, but I hope not. But I'd just be a little bit concerned about DeAndre Hopkins. So the Antonio Brown thing, though, I mean, obviously there are circumstances there. He still was, I think, going to be a good player. But the other one that comes to mind is we were praising the Dolphins for giving up a second round pick for Josh Rosen. And I think the Cardinals might have fleeced the Dolphins in that one. You never know how things uh, turn out. Yeah, true. No, it's it's it, it's always uh, interesting when you evaluate trades. But you know, you you try and swing for the fences for a quarterback if you can, which is why you, if you get Tua and he's good, you you do it. Absolutely. All right, the Redskins also signed running back J.D. McKissick. Does that matter to you guys at all? I'll downgrade guys just a little. Are we sure he even makes the final roster? Uh, there was w- some Washington reporters saying that they see him as their third down back. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine he's a Chris Thompson replacement. Not a not a special teams ad. Not a kick that's, returner. That's what the I, I don't remember who it was. I'll try to find it. Okay. I mean, maybe that's what he that's what he did in Detroit. That's what he could potentially do in Washington. So, wait and see. Let's talk about our rankings. The biggest rankings movers. Jamie, we'll start with you. You said Kenyon Drake is up. Julian Edelman and Nick Chubb are down. Let's start with Kenyon Drake. Where'd you move him to? Uh, he is a top nine running back in both formats for me. Anybody else got Drake in the top 10? I do not. I have him very, very close. I think I might have him 12. Um, and it was John Kime that said they view him as their third down. Back. Okay. And Dave, where do you have Kenyon Drake? Let's see. You have him 13th. I currently have him 14th in PPR. 13th and non. And I have him 10th in and PPR, 11th and non. And I kind of feel like I might be too low. I feel like I could be low on him, too, just because I think he's got a shot at 1,500 yards. Touchdowns I'm a little worried about, but if I really think he's got 1,500 yards, he'll find some good touchdowns along the way. He averaged in the eight games with the Cardinals, 19.1 PPR points per game. Oh, he averaged and over 100 total yards per game and a touchdown per game and in those eight games. 18.8 just, touches. Yeah. It's just about how he got them because there were two games where he had six touchdowns and like 40% of his yards, something like that. And in those other six games, he had 80 total yards per game, a little more than that. So I think that there's, I I think he's, I think the case can be made that he's a number one fantasy running back. But like one of Jamie's followers was Nick Chubb. And in PPR, I have Drake now ahead of Chubb. Yeah, me too. Even I have him even ahead of him in non PPR. Uh, You know, Chubb's numbers with hunt, without hunt are not the greatest, greatest. I think with Drake, the catches are very interesting to me, right? Eight games with the Cardinals. Four, six, six catches, his first three games. Then two, three, one, three, three. It's a, it's a very significant difference there. But David Johnson played a few of those No, David him. Johnson was... Those two guys were more or less uninvolved. Uh, Johnson and Edmonds, they, they had almost nothing. And No back had more than six touches in those games with Drake. Right, and so somebody's going to get some touches, you know. Uh, It'll be Edmonds. Right, I, and I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I talked about that with Ben a few days ago. It was just me and Ben on the show, but how Kyler Murray broke the mold a little bit. He was 
a rushing quarterback who did throw to his running backs. David Johnson, first half of the season, and Kenyon Drake, second half of the season, but not really in the last five games. And I don't know if that means anything, honestly. I also mentioned that Drake had two games where he had more than 20 carries, and those were the only two games the Cardinals won in Drake's eight games. So maybe that means if they are better next year, they'll give him a bigger workload on the ground, which would be cool, which would be nice. Because he, he had a, a four games with 10 to 13 carries, and that's kind of tough to rely on. And he had less than 40 rushing yards in three of his eight games with the Cardinals. It was a little inconsistent, I guess. But overall, he was the number four running back in fantasy in the eight games he played with Arizona. Um, all right, so I know Heath also had uh, Drake up. Jamie, you have Julian Edelman down and Nick Chubb down. Should we get into Nick Chubb a little bit more, guys? Uh, yes. All right, go ahead. What do you think, Dave? I haven't moved him off of being a top 10 running back. Uh, I'm still of the belief that he'll lead the way for the Browns run game and that the Browns will be more balanced offensively. I, I think my biggest question, and I, I b- believe you've brought this up a lot, Dave, and it kind of is true for some offenses. And how much are they going to increase their targets to tight ends? And how does that affect the targets that go to running backs? Because those are generally in the same area of the field. Sure. I, it's I'm worried about Austin Hooper, period, obviously, being anywhere close to what he was in Atlanta. But if the amount of money that they've dedicated to that position and the fact that they're talking about running him and Najoku out there a lot together makes me think that the tight end targets probably go up. And are the wide receivers going down with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry on the team? So the first thing I noticed is that more than a third of Baker Mayfield's touchdowns in his two years in the NFL have gone to tight ends. And I think that's pretty substantial. And the Browns clearly wanted to improve at tight end. I don't think they love Najoku. I'd, I'd kind of be surprised if he was on their roster. I guess he's cheap enough that they could keep him, but I, he's, obviously he's not going to be their main tight end now. I, I think they realize that there's no tight end in the draft that can come in and make an impact, and there was no tight end that they could that they could trade for that wouldn't cost something substantial. And free agency... Who else was there besides Austin Hooper that they could get in and, and feel like could be a real contributor to help Baker Mayfield in the red zone? Well, and so that's why I think they they had to spend right, to get Hooper. But, and I think he's going to get a lot of touchdowns, but I agree. I think Hooper could lose out catches and yards-wise. 22% of their targets went to running backs last year, which is above average. Only 13% yeah. to tight ends, which is one of the lowest marks in the league. If Hoop, Hooper's going to get more than that, it's probably going to come from the running backs. What do you make of this? Nick Chubb, first eight games, top five running back. Last eight games, number 23 running back in PPR. And it's funny because his, his touches, they were, he was basically 22 touches per game in the first eight games. Yeah. And he was at 19. So it's not like he dropped off significantly, but he lost two catches per game. And that hurt. He went from 18 PPR points per game to 12.3. We lost six PPR yeah. points I, per game. Yeah, I mean, the big difference is is a, a somewhat fluky thing. It was touchdowns. He had six rushing touchdowns in the first eight games. He had two in the last eight. And the catches, though, 25 first eight games, 15 last eight games. Going from a 50-catch pace to a 30-catch pace is, is pretty significant, and that was before they brought in Austin Hooper. Yeah, he's. I still have him as a, a, a number one running back, but he's he went from top six for me to 10 in non-PPR and 12 in PPR. Would you guys take um, Would you guys take Miles Sanders or Nick Chubb? Chubb, Chubb, still Chubb. Um, it could be Sanders by May, 
but right now it's still Chubb. We talked a lot They're about Julian Edelman. So let's go to Dave's rankings. Tom Brady is in your top 10 now, Dave, and Hayden Hurst is tight end 16. Those are your big up movers. And how about Deshaun yeah. Watson, a QB6? But Brady into the top 10. Brady's in, Brady's top 12 for me, and there is potential for him to get into the top 10. But he's Come on, Dave. The bottom Come line, on board, buddy. The bottom line is that he is a, a starting fantasy quarterback, and when you go into your draft, you should view him as such. And it's just the potential of how he'll do in this offense with the receivers that he has his numbers, as far as deep ball efficiency were not far off from what Jameis was last year. And Jameis had way more deep ball attempts than Brady did. And I've spent time going back and watching Brady play last year. There's two examples in his very last game against Tennessee where he put the ball in the air over 50 yards. I, I am a little concerned about the velocity of his throws to the sideline, but it's still pretty good. And I, I imagine that he's going to be in a situation where he's throwing over 600 times this year. And he's, he's going to have a, a, certainly a bounce back here. Um, it's, it's, it's weighing him against Matt Ryan. It's weighing him who Matt Ryan's also got great receivers. It's weighing him against Aaron Rodgers, And I would expect Aaron Rodgers to get some help. Stafford was on a torrid pace last year before he got hurt. So for now I'm taking Stafford ahead of Tom Brady. But I'm going to go with Brady over Wentz, and I love Wentz. Uh, he's been one of my favorite quarterbacks since he came into the league. Uh, I'm going to take Brady over him. I'm going to take Goff behind Brady. Um, he belongs in the top 12 for sure. I know Jamie likes him as a top 10 guy. Yep. And Heath, too. I think Heath and Jamie both have him 10th. And this is in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues and four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. I'm not sure he's top 12, but... I would guess close. He's higher in four points. Come on. Oh yeah. Well, I forgot. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he does have five rushing touchdowns in his last two seasons. He does tend to sneak the ball in a little bit. Uh, adding Antonio Brown would be nice too, I guess. But if Stafford. I mean, Stafford over Brady is one that kind of jumps out because I understand why he'd be ranked near Rodgers and and Ryan. But I, Stafford was on a toward pace day, but that. But he pretty much had never done that before. Or maybe once. Well, what I'm confused, not not confused about, but struggling with a little bit with Brady is, if they are the team that goes and trades for Early today, or if they sign Melvin Gordon, and we already know how much better their defense was in the second half last year, and yeah. they just went and got a quarterback they probably don't want getting hit as many times as Jameis got hit last year. Is it possible they go a little more run heavy than they were last year? Sure. And it's, uh, it's yeah, definitely. But I think that's the only risk with um, Brady is if they go get well, Melvin or Gurley or someone. I, and, I see your run game argument, and I raise you, Bruce Arians. That's true. Bruce also has to be cognizant about Brady being 42 years old and and trying to protect this two year investment. This is their Super Bowl window, and what happens if you know Brady gets sacked and hit and he tears his ACL again? The window shuts. It so, does. I I get where you're coming from on that, Heath. Um, Deion Lewis is a free agent, by the way. If if they want to upgrade at, oh. at passing downs running back or, in Tampa Bay, I'm you can not go sure he is anymore compared to what they have now. Dory, I'm not sure. I, I think he would be as long as the price is right. Uh, all the right, price Dave. is a ham sandwich. <laughs> Hayden Hurst, tight end, sixteen for you, Hayden Hurst. And he could go much higher. Too low. Uh, it, I, maybe. There's a lot of tight ends that I love. Like, I'm not going to remember last year how I was like, got to get a tight end in one, one of your first three picks. I don't think I can say that this year because there's so there are so many intriguing tight ends that I love later in the draft. And Hurst immediately jumps into that group. Uh, he's he's a faster 
less inexperienced, less healthy version of Austin Hooper. So there's pros and cons to him being there. And yeah, I still think Atlanta gave up a lot to get him, but that doesn't really matter now for fantasy. He's got potential to have a very nice third season in his age 27 year. The rankings are insane on Hayden Hurst. Heath has him eighth, Dave 16th, and Jamie 20th in PPR. Who wants to talk now? Jamie? Uh, Heath? Go ahead, Jamie. Jamie? Oh, no, I like him. I, I just, you know, I want to see the final puzzle for the Falcons. I want to see what they're going to do at running back first. Um, but I agree with Dave. I think there's just a lot of good tight ends in that, you know, you sort of have the the top tier guys. I, I don't know if uh, we can use Jared Cook as the bridge again, but he might be the bridge again. Um, but the other side of the bridge looks looks a little bit better. You know, after you get past the what will probably be the consensus, you know, eight or nine guys, uh, eight to ten guys, depending on how you want to view it. But um, yeah, I mean, Hurst, Jarwin, uh, O.J. Howard now potentially with uh, um, uh, you know Brady there, Dallas Goddard as a you know s- still a, a depleted Eagles receiving core. There, there's a lot of you know, tight end guys that you'll take as a second guy that can end up being your starter if, let's say, you know, like we talked about yesterday, if Darren Waller suffers because of Jason Witten or better Hunter Renfro or, you know, something, you know, no offense, not good. You know, TJ Hawkins is in that in that conversation, too. So I like Hayden Hurst. I, I think he's got a great opportunity, but um, I, I just have a hard time getting him a, lot, a little higher than that. Yeah, and I, I think the let's see what the final puzzle is, is a good point. This team... <laughs> has 246 targets to replace from 2019. And so far, Hayden Hurst is the one addition they've made. They're going to add a running back probably at some point. I I guess I'd assume in the draft at this point. They need a lot of help on defense. Their offensive line needs... I just don't... If they don't go add another receiver that's like significant, I'm going to have a hard time not having Hurst in the top 10. Full disclosure, you, you loved Hurst coming out. Right. You were a big fan of Hurst coming out. Are you taking him in round nine today? Oh, if he's there in round nine, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The one, the one thing I go back to is I spoke to Austin Hooper at the Pro Bowl two years ago, and it was after he finally kind of broke through. Um, you know, the last two years have been really good for him. And I, I said to him, what was the difference? And he said, you know, I got a chance to, to spend the entire offseason with Matt Ryan. And I don't know about the other side of that for what that meant for Ryan and trusting Austin Hooper. We know he trusts his two guys in terms of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. And there's probably going to be such a limited offseason if the season does start on time that I don't know if that rapport is going to be there right away. That doesn't mean that he can't have good numbers, Hayden Hurst. He can't produce. And like he said, you know, a lot of targets for a team that is probably going to be chasing points in a division with Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just don't know how, if that connection will be developed like it may need to. And Hurst obviously has to stay healthy on top of it. Just think that people might be basing Hayden Hurst's optimism on what Austin Hooper did last year. But I, what not, about no, not just that. But what? Yeah, I understand. But but what about what Austin Hooper did the year before? I mean, yes, he was actually a top six or seven tight end the year before. But it really wasn't a very good year. It was seventy-one catches, which is nice. Six hundred sixty yards and four touchdowns. And we don't know anything about Hayden Hurst. We don't know if he's good. You know, he has some pedigree, but they were we, willing. We know so he's, far he's been very good when they've thrown to him. Yeah, His efficiency know, as a pass catcher has been good. True. And he was a first-round pick. And he should be in line for a big, big opportunity. Such a Dirt. small sample. He has the, had really, he has not done much. And uh, no, I don't know. Who were you, who were you just making the uh, the draft pedigree argument about? Sam Darnold? No, no. I don't remember doing that. Um, 
<laughs> back to what I was saying. Dirk Cutter's <laughs> offense. It's not just what Hooper did. Like Cutter's offense has been over 120 targets to tight ends basically every year. Oh, all right. Well, that's that's yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's that's definitely and, good. And look, the the investment speaks to wanting to use him. You know, you don't give up second round pick for a guy who is you know 27 that has correct. You know, injury history and anxiety. I think it is. He, he deals with anxiety. Yes. Um, he did. I'm not sure if he still does. He he had to quit baseball over it. Uh, I think that was a problem for him in the NFL, though. Maybe. So you know, just just some things to keep in mind. And one guy for Heath I wanted to bring up because Heath's three players moving up were Drake and Hurst and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen right now is the number four wide receiver in fantasy. You guys are, I don't even know where you have him ranked, but you're too low on Adam Thielen. He should be fourth. That's too high. Um, that is too but high, yeah. I've got him 18 in non-PPR. I've got him 12 in PPR. Oh, what? Criminal. Criminal. Yeah, for me and both. He's I, one, one for you, James? He's Sorry. got an opportunity certainly to be Eight. there. Again, we'll see what the final puzzle looks like in Minnesota. Do they add someone with a with a high draft pick or not? But, yeah, it's there's a lot of upside there. I, I do think it will be interesting to see. Like, we talked a lot over the last couple of years about, and Stefan Diggs talked about it when he was on air with us at the Super Bowl. How when he got the tough coverage, he just didn't get the targets. Adam Thielen's getting the tough targets every single week now. Not targets. Tough I'm coverage. Sorry, tough coverage. Tough coverage yeah. Every single week now. Wow. So Adam Thielen, top 12 in 2017, 8th in PPR. 7th in both formats in 2018. First six games of 2019, he was 6th in non-PPR, ninth in PPR. They lose Stefan Diggs. And they lose their secondary and Linval Joseph. And now you're telling me he's worse than he's been? I don't think so, Heath. Now you've angered me. The thing about Tannehill, that didn't anger me. Now this has angered me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's read some uh, some Facebook questions here, Facebook comments. Oh, by the way, I voted in Jamie's Twitter poll, and of course I, I got it wrong based on the overwhelming results. Who wins the AFC East in 2020? I voted for the Patriots. I'm still going to take the Patriots, I, I the guess. The Bills win? Overwhelmingly, 69% yeah. of the vote. Yeah, I take the Patriots. Oh. I'll take the Bills. I don't know why I said that, but... Because <laughs> you, you buy into Bill Belichick. He's a genius coach. Yes, he they're is. going to tank for Trevor. Oh, it'd be so smart. But they're not the only ones. Well, the Jaguars are. They're going to be three wins at best. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah. Who's the worst team in football right now? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. The Raiders. The what? What? Raiders. <laughs> There's got to be a team worse than Jacksonville, though. I think the Giants are the worst team in the NFL. They might be. They're horrible. Okay. Um. Yeah, it could It could still be. The Jets could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. It could still be Washington. It Jets could are terrible. definitely still be Washington. Definitely. Okay, uh, Facebook. So I asked people for some winners, some losers, some under-the-radar stories, whatever stood out to them. Emilio Williams said, Tight end is so deep right now, I'm wondering if it causes Kelsey and Kittle to fall in drafts. Yes. I think it should. I'll agree with what Ben Gretsch said a couple weeks ago. I, I think it should cause everyone but Kelsey and Kittle to fall. There's still going to be a big gap between those two and everyone else, but everyone else should fall. Yeah, I'm not taking 
the Ertz is my third tight end. The earliest I would take him is round four. From John Legan, who's going to be a reliable... Uh, actually, we'll skip that one. Who's more valuable, also from John, who's more valuable, Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley? Melvin Todd Gordon. Probably Melvin. From Pat Ball, I'm intrigued by the fact that Miami might not suck. They're not going to suck. No, I, I agree. That, that's your, uh, your, you can probably get really good odds on that still. That's your sneaky AFC East winner. And then the follow-up, uh, the next question is kind of similar uh, from Joe, Joe Gallipo. Austin Hooper is a bust, and Jordan Howard does well in Miami. Probably, and let's see who they draft. Probably Hooper's a bust, and let's see who the Dolphins draft. So who thinks Hooper's a bust? A I bust didn't move in, him down. A bust in terms of not being a top, a top, a, a number one tight end. I think he'll still finish as a number one tight end right now. Um, but I moved him down. He was, uh, he was sixth. I think I moved him to eight. Okay. Yeah, I think. Is he outside uh, of your top twelve, Heath? I think I have him twelfth. I feel like Baker Mayfield's going to have to have a pretty good year for Hooper. What? I don't know if it's Hooper necessarily, but someone's going to be a bust, if not multiple players, if Mayfield doesn't have a good year. Because Ryan always is good, basically. I think like it's not just Baker has to have a good year. Baker has to have a good year, and Kevin Stefanski has to prove that he wanted to throw the ball, but Mike Zimmer wouldn't let him. True, yeah. Can can what anybody if, definitively what if say... Has a good year? Oh, goodness. <laughs> can anybody definitively say who the fifth best tight end in fantasy is right now? Fifth. Um, I still think it's one like who your least favorite of Ertz, Andrews, Waller. Uh, I would take Waller still as the fifth tight end. I'm nervous about him repeating, and it's nothing to do with them signing Jason Witten. It's just nervous about like him. They're everybody's going to have an off season to try and figure him out. Oakland's still going to add somebody at wide receiver. So you have Hooper fifth. Yeah, I do. Or six. I don't love it at all. Don't love it one bit. But I think there's a drop off from the top four. Big drop off, and that that's pretty interesting because, yeah, I mean it does look deep with starting options, and it was last year. We didn't know it on draft day, but tight end ended up by the end of the year. You probably had a tight end that you were comfortable starting. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think you said it well when you quoted Ben. I guess Heath and that Kelsey and Kittle aren't probably not going to lose value. They're still amazing. After that, yeah, maybe everyone falls a little bit because of the depth of the position. Okay, Alex Burchock. Nobody's talking about Miles Sanders and what it means that he's no longer splitting snaps with Jordan Howard. Does Philly trust him as a three-down back? Is he going to break out this year? Do you think Sanders will still end up splitting snaps with Boston Scott or someone else they acquire? Yes, he's going to split snaps, but he still has a chance to be the lead guy there, and hopefully it's not a high draft pick or a significant player that they add of somebody who could still get cut. Why do you think I'm too high on Miles Sanders? I think people, you know, I, I think he's worth a first round pick. You don't have to do it. So I could take him early in the second round. Well, I guess, I guess you does. should say who are some of the running backs you're taking him over. So Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders? Sanders. Okay. Why don't I tell you the running backs I would take over Miles Sanders? Let's pull up a ranking. Well, we list. know we know the five, the it's, big five, and then that's it. I think I'd probably have him as my sixth running back. Now, what if they add uh, a day two running back? What if they add Cam Akers? 
Yeah, I'd probably pause then. I'd probably drop him behind to like, you know, in the Drake Chubb range. What if they add the Kelly kid from UCLA on day three? I, I might actually take Leonard Fournette six. Uh, no, a day three guy? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I don't care. I think if you, if, if you think that Miles Sanders is going to catch 50 passes, and I think there were 14 running backs who did that last year, or 12, 14, something like that. So that's good. It's not amazing, but it's good. Uh, then I have no problem with him in terms of format. Like He'd be better in this than that. Then, And I do think he'll catch 50 passes. I think he's going to be awesome, and I think he's going to get most of their rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, I, to me, he's RB6 right now. A day three running back is meaningless. Okay. So why why am I too high if, if you think I am too high? I mean, like in PPR, I like Eckler and Drake better than him. I think they're going to catch more passes and be more involved, personally. Yeah, I don't know what the argument... like. It's kind of a similar type thing with Eckler and Miles Sanders in that they are going to get more work than they did last year, and they were awesome with the work they did get last year, and Eckler was a lot better than Miles Sanders last year. So I don't know why Austin Eckler wouldn't be ahead of Miles Sanders at the very least. I just think that they are going to... Okay, if they don't do anything, then I could see that. But Well, they're going to do something, but is it a day one, a day two, a I, day three back? I think it's a day two back. I think it's a second or third round pick. They're not going to take one in the first round. That's day one. And, uh, you know, I just think they're going to split. And also, I think the Eagles' offense... I just don't believe in Tyrod Taylor. So I think the Eagles' offense is going to be a lot better than the Chargers' offense. Remember, they just lost two picks, too, to get Darius Slay. So their draft capital is waning. I just think at this point at the offense, if we're projecting running backs to split... We should absolutely be projecting Miles Sanders to split. Why? He didn't really toward the end of last year, and and if he did, he still had plenty of work. He still had plenty. Well, he of work. did, but there was a lot more work available because they didn't have any wide receivers. But he's he's still like Boston Scott still played a lot last year in the second half, and Jordan Howard played a ton in the first half. I I think Miles Sanders leads the backfield. I just I don't believe there's much of an opportunity that he's like 300 touch workhorse. It depends on how much you think he's going to be that guy from the final five games of last year. And to be fair, they don't have any receivers now. So yeah, they, they, they kind of whiffed on that. They yeah, still they, have, have to, uh, they still Alshon, Anderson Jeffrey, and, and Deshaun Jackson, right? Jeffrey's going to be a uh, June 1st cut, most likely. And, and if you're looking at Miles Sanders' game log, you have to eliminate Week 17 because he got hurt in that game. And Boston Scott got 19 carries. The four games before that, you were talking, he was on like a 23-touch pace or something like that. So I don't expect that, but I think he could get 20 touches. I think he'd get at least, yeah, 18 to 20 touches. And yeah, I don't know. I, look, I think uh, after the big five, I'm going to guess that those running backs could really be completely jumbled up. It's personal preference, right? I, and I'm quite frankly, Heath, I'm surprised you don't have Fournette, Fournette higher. I think you have him like 12. I'm concerned. Like he's a guy that will move up if they don't go at a pass catching running back. I'm just concerned they will. Okay. All right. Let me get back it's, to the Facebook question. It's just funny. We have all these teams adding running backs. Uh huh. <laughs> there, there are a lot in the draft, but <laughs> they're not all great. <laughs> right. Well, let's see what happens. The draft's going to be. Uh, the Chargers are getting one. The Falcons are getting one. The Dolphins are getting one. But they are right. I mean, all those teams are. Uh, they, I mean, they need them. But where are they all coming from that are all going to be this impactful? Well, there's still a lot of free agent running backs too, though. Yeah, but most of the good ones are taken already. Right. So, and so that leaves Philadelphia with: Are they really going to spend a big draft pick on one of these running backs that you know a team like Miami or Atlanta is going to take, or are they going to settle in until day three, where they have three fourth round picks 
and spend one of those picks. Yeah, on, I mean, look, on a running the, back. And, so and, I, I think and, Sanders is the one. A, it's just could he be the one? No letters attached. I don't think if you just, I mean, you know, we talk about this all the time. The track record of their coaching staff would yep. say no. Uh, yeah, I don't know that that's true because I think they did that. I because I think. Last year, oh, I'm, I'm with I'm with you, Adam. I yeah. think it's not. I think it's a fallacy. I think I, you know okay. when they made the trade for Ajayi, they featured Ajayi as much as most teams do. You know when, uh, what was the 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 guy that they had in 2018? Oh uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Adams. Adams. <laughs> right. Josh Adams. Right. You know he had that little stretch. Yes. Sanders last year. Jordan had Howard stretch, last you know, year. So. Jordan Howard. They they said we're giving him more work, and he got it. And then he got hurt, and then Miles Sanders got it. So. I think this is just how most teams operate, though, is that until they find that stud running back, they're going to use yeah. some sort of a committee. Well, they found him. Okay, guys, let's finish up. <laughs> this is they from Cody. Paris Campbell will be a top 15 wide receiver. Bold prediction. That's bold. Did you say that was from Cody or from Paris? <laughs> Hey, I, I, hey, it could happen, right? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. I loved his skill set coming out. He's going to have to stay healthy to even have a chance to be a top 40 wide receiver. Okay, I, I think there's some sleeper appeal there. You got a much better there quarterback. There is. Yeah. Great late round appeal. Yeah, I, uh, I want to see what else they do. They need another guy. From Matt Babinger, can Dawson Knox, Knox be a factor? He has shown flashes, but now Diggs is there. No. He might get four or five touchdowns. From Brandon Meyer, Evans and Godwin are both losers with Brady likely, and likely Antonio Brown joining the mix. Chris Godwin's going to be a monster. Super duper star unless Antonio Brown is in the mix. Does Brown push Godwin outside and Brown plays in the slot more? Because he's a slicker mover. That would be terrible for Godwin for sure. It's funny. I don't know if that would be terrible for the Bucs. Okay, from, uh, from Benny, does Jameis Winston ever play another snap? Yes. Yes. I think he should look at Jacksonville. I think he should look at Pittsburgh. Um, oh, I think he'll look anywhere he possibly can. Well, I mean, I'm just like, you know, chances, <laughs> the chances looking back at him. Chances to be a starter by 2021. I would look Jacksonville. I'd look Pittsburgh. I would look at New Orleans as my three destinations right now. This is from Keith. I think whichever rookie wide receivers are selected by the Vikings, Eagles, and Raiders will compete for the offensive rookie of the year. Whichever rookie wide receivers are drafted by the Vikings, Eagles, and Raiders will compete for the offensive rookie of the year. No. You got to take the Raiders out of that one. And Jonathan Taylor not, already, already right. won. No. Or, hello, Joe Burrow. J.K. Dobbins already won. Joe Burrow is going to be the offensive rookie. <laughs> yeah, what finally, happens when one of these teams that need running backs takes two of them? No, that's not going to be fun. Why would you say such a thing? From Landon. Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers snuck their way to deal in a stuck their way to a deal in a move of brilliance. He is a perfect fit for that offense. Bridgewater will make them much, much better. He's an efficient quarterback. He'll fit in very nicely in that offense. I don't know if that makes him a, a good fantasy quarterback. He's gonna have to throw a lot in order to do it. It's gonna be interesting to see if they draft a guy at six. Uh, the Panthers have six? Thought the Chargers. No, no, seven. I'm excuse me, seven. seven. Chargers, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, going to be a competition for those elite quarterbacks. Can't wait for the NFL draft. 
And uh, can't wait for next week when we read more of your emails, where we answer your regulator questions. You send them in via Apple Podcast Review or FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Dave, Jamie, and Heath, have a great weekend. And also, uh, make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ for some Fantasy Football Today coverage. And we will talk to you then. Dave, nah, 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 nah. Come on, man, nah, nah, nah. <laughs>